0: I do want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of uh, "All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet." It's my latest ebook. In it, I examine life lessons uh, that can be learned from uh, seven great fictional detectives, including Joe Friday, uh, Johnny Dollar, and Poirot, with a. A nice sketch of the character's career and history. You can pick up your copy in the Nook, Kindle, or iBook store. Also, check out store.greatdetectives.net where I have all I needed to know I learned from Dragnet listed along with all my other uh, books, ebooks, and audiobooks. Well, now we launch a new series, Man from Homicide. Man from Homicide was not on the air a long time. Uh, Only a few months in 1951. And we're going to start uh, with uh, an episode that actually wasn't aired. It was an audition recording, and it featured a different actor in the lead than would star in the series. Uh, The audition date is from September of 1950, and uh, it stars... Charles McGraw, uh, if you've been listening to the program and to Dragnet, McGraw was the first actor to pl- portray Ed Backstrand, Chief of Detectives, before being replaced by Raymond Burr after about a month. He got his start, uh, in acting with a lot of character roles and probably his, uh, first, uh, key, key role was playing one of the hitmen in The Killers along with, uh, William Conrad. And from there, he built a really successful career as a character actor. He played a lot of tough guys and heavies, particularly in the early part of his career. But later on, he uh, also began to play some uh, lead roles, including starring as in The Adventures of the Falcon over television in the mid-1950s. He also starred in The Narrow Margin, which uh, many of. Uh, B-movie enthusiasts consider to be one of the best B-movies of all time. Uh, This information, by the way, courtesy of thrillingdaysofyesteryear.blogspot.com, a site uh, maintained by uh, uh, Ivan uh, Shreve. Well, now it's time for us to go ahead and take a listen to this audition. The original air date, September the 16th, 1950, and the title, The Winthrop Case.
2: The Man from Homicide (laughs) A new dramatic series starring Charles McGraw as Lieutenant Dana According to Webster's Unabridged Dictionary... Homicide is the killing of
1: one human being by another. According to a man from Homicide, it's just the beginning of a dirty, dangerous job that doesn't end until a killer is found. But I like it. Maybe because I don't like killers... We bother much with names at headquarters. We give them a number and a file card. When they're in and the case is closed, we file a card and forget it. Only sometimes we don't forget that easy. The perfect cop would have a computing machine for a brain and a hydraulic pump for a heart. The perfect cop would never get hurt. I'm not a perfect cop. Terminal Street pitches up sharp from San Miguel Harbor. It's not the kind of street you'd be taking a walk on unless you were a cop like me. On a case that started with a dead man in a ditch. A dead man who'd collected too many ice picks. I walked up Turtle Street at night with only the shadows for company until... You in a hurry?
3: <laughs> what do you want?
1: Let's go inside where you just came from. I
3: can't. I... You
1: gotta shy? I got to find a police. You, you found one.
3: Y- you? But...
1: No uniform? No, no, but the city gives me a badge to carry around. Oh. Lieutenant Dana, homicide. Come
3: on. I'm so glad you were here. I'm frightened. <laughs> I almost fell into that garbage can.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we'll still have to go into that house. I know. Door's locked. Let me have your key. <laughs> All right. I. Never mind. Turns out it wasn't locked. Well, it's nice to know you have a key. Uh. It's nice carpet. Yes. Houses around here don't run the carpets so often. You left the lights on. Uh, I Where is he?
3: The living room. Door on your left.
1: Thanks. Why don't you sit down for a minute? Well, the corpse was male, white, in its early thirties. What might have been a look of surprise on his pretty face probably meant nothing because of the two bullet holes placed less than an inch apart in his chest. The expression on the faces of the dead being incapable of verification. corpse wore silk socks. Silk socks. What? Whose house?
3: I I live here, if that's what you mean.
1: That isn't what I mean. It's a rented house. The rent receipts being among his souvenirs? What's his name?
3: Winthrop. Harold Winthrop. Yours? Claire Thorpe. And you
1: know, all that suit he's wearing will never be the same. It's too bad. It's nice tail. I
3: didn't kill him. I was in the kitchen mixing drinks for us. I heard the shots and ran in here. I I was frightened. I ran out to find a policeman You
1: know, Don't surprise you to hear the actual figures on telephones in use in a city of this size?
3: I, I was afraid to stay in the house I should have phoned the police. I know. Call you
1: know me the kitchen, would you please? All right. I wonder how many men wearing silk socks ever walk up Terminal Street. The kitchen. The back door is wide open.
3: I'll close it.
1: Wait a minute, don't touch it. Don't touch that knob. Kick it shut. The drinks, the ice cubes are beginning to melt. Was he married? Yes. The pretty ones usually are. You know, this is a funny neighborhood for a man wearing silk socks to be found dead in. I'll bet he's embarrassed. The mills began to grind. I phoned in, and after a little while, during which none of us said anything, me, Claire Thorpe, the corpse, company came.
2: Come on, boys, let's get at it. A handful of educated cops who did things with
1: fingerprints and bloodstains and photographs from 19 different angles. The gun that killed Winthrop was among the missing. A special escort arrived for Claire Thorpe. All right, miss, let's go. No. Wait a minute. She started to cry again. (laughs) So I decided to leave. Anyway... Somebody had to notify the new widow she was a widow. I went down Terminal Street the way Claire Thorpe had run, stopped at the garbage can she'd stumbled over. There was nothing in it but garbage. The place covered what seemed like a couple of acres. The house undoubtedly had come over on the Mayflower. Even the trees looked refined. I rang the bell and decided the next time I visited, I'd be sure and get my shoes shined. Yes? Are you Mrs. Winthrop? Mrs. Harold Winthrop? I am. It's late.
3: Are you going to give me the weather report next?
1: No. You mind if I come in?
3: I don't suppose I do. Come in.
1: Thanks. We don't need that music.
3: It's Mozart. Mozart. Yeah? His 39th. In D, I think. But you wouldn't know about that, would you?
1: No, I wouldn't know anything about that. Would you turn it off, please?
3: All right. Not important. Sometimes very important things aren't important. Why don't you sit down? Or something.
1: You got a big place here.
3: We, My husband and I like it. Any children? You're from the Census Bureau. No. Any children? None. Okay. I'm glad you approve. Or were you approving?
1: I'm Lieutenant Dana, homicide.
3: Oh, I... I've read about you men in the papers. I'm very much impressed. I don't know exactly what I would have expected one of you to look like. But... No, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting you must have had a reason for coming here. Decide the fact that it's late.
1: I had a reason. Your husband isn't home. no. He's down in a sleazy shack on Terminal Street. That's near the harbor.
3: Am I supposed to ask you what he's doing there?
1: You can if you're lying.
3: All right. What is my husband doing in a sleazy shack on Terminal Street?
1: He's lying on an imitation oriental rug with a couple of bullets in his heart.
3: You shouldn't wear your hat indoors, Lieutenant. I'm sorry. You won't mind if I don't try to squeeze out a tear. No. Harold hasn't meant anything to me for a long time. Alive or... The death hasn't changed then. He wasn't very much of a man. I suppose that's why he had to go slinking down back alleys trying to prove something to himself. Who killed him?
1: Did you ever hear of a woman named Claire Thorpe?
3: No. But he'd hardly tell me about her, would he?
1: Where are the servants? Asleep. Been home all evening, Mrs. Winter. Yes. What time did the servants turn in?
3: Around ten. What time was... Was Harold killed?
1: Ten thirty. Good night, Mrs. Winthrop. Lieutenant Dana. Yeah?
3: That question it means I'm going to see you again, doesn't it? You might have answered that more quickly. All I meant was in the line of duty.
1: You're beautiful, Mrs. Winthrop.
3: If you're going to say things like that, better make it. The
1: nearest I ever came to silk socks turned out to be Rayon. Oh, one thing more. Yes? Mozart's 39th is an E-flat. Good night. At first interview with Mrs. Winthrop, ascertained that she had no alibi for the time of her husband's murder. No grief for his death. Failed to discover possible motive, if any. Ignore a female. White, middle 20s, dark eyes, olive skin. Soft black hair a cop would give his pension to white around his hands. Heading south on Claremont, I picked up a trailing car in my rearview mirror. His left beam was weaker, which led to recognition after a half a mile. Proceeding south on Claremont, I swung my car across the road... I got out and I was waiting for him. He was fumbling for the reverse when I got his door open. You're looking for me? Your car is blocking traffic. What traffic? I'm in a hurry, mister. Get out. I said I... I... said get out.
2: Who do you think you are?
1: Who do you think I am? Okay, okay. Now turn around. All right, Dana. All right, give me that gun. I... You got a license for it? I... Who put you on me?
2: Wouldn't you like to know?
1: I... Who put you on me?
2: You can't get
1: away with beating... You're a hood carrying a gun. Maybe you never heard. I don't like hoods who pull a gun on me. I lose my temper with them. Stop it. Who put you on me, crybaby? Ready. I know. He owns the Avon Club. Roulette and dice. The wheels square, but the dice are loaded. Let's go visit. Okay. Want to go in my car? No, no, my car. The city pays for the gas. <laughs> Spoiler dried his tears beside me. I had thoughts about Mr. Reddick. The department had been interested in him for quite a while. Crooked gambler. Man who had a string of hoods in the payroll. A man who'd maybe seen to it that a rival wound up dead in a ditch punctured with ice picks. Also a man who liked women, not to mention vice versa.
2: Oh, it's me. Spoiler. You I can recognize with pardon the expression, the naked eye, whose muscles... Lou Dana, Benny. Social call, copper? We'll leave it at that. We'll do even better than that, copper. You'll leave.
1: No. Got a search warrant? No. Ah, goodbye, copper. Keep your finger off that buzzer. What are you... This isn't a raid. I don't care for right now what's going on in the club. I'm visiting Reddick. He ain't in. I'm going to try that again, Benny. He ain't... Stop crowding me, copper. You don't like crowds, Benny? No. How'd you like to join a crowd down at the lineup? You've got nothing on me. I can dream, Benny. About a guy found dead in a ditch... A guy on the receiving end of Ice Picks. Stanley was trying to muscle in on your boss. What's the matter, boy? Don't you boys believe in free enterprise? Down the hall, Dana. Thanks. Come on, Spoiler. Yes? Speak up, Spoiler. Spoiler, Mr. Redding. Come in. Spoiler, I thought you were supposed to. He is trailing me. She me right into your office, Reddick. Hello, Lieutenant. Other side of the door, Spoiler.
2: Do we want to be alone, Lieutenant? We do. Mr. Reddick, he's got my rod. Oh. Spoiler doesn't feel right without his protection, Lieutenant. Here's the license for that gun. Oh, pretty
1: engraving. It's a shame I can't read. You could get in trouble taking the Spoiler's gun. He could get in worse trouble. He's a little careless.
2: Now that you mention Mr. Reddick, it ain't it my fault. Is. He beat up on me. Look at my face. It's swollen. biggest
1: mosquitoes you ever saw this Mr. Reddick, or... yeah,
2: do something about it. You send me after him, you know. Spoiler. Yeah, Mr. Reddick? Yeah. Sure, okay, but... Hey, Mr. Reddick, you ain't... You ain't sorry at me. No. I mean, I, I couldn't stand that. If you were sorry at me, I... Get out. I couldn't help it if that guy... He wouldn't have tried it if I'd had a chance to get a gun on him. He... Spoiler. I don't want to talk to you. Here's your gun. Catch
1: Now you got a gun on me? I... I... Out, spoiler. (laughs) Yeah. Not a strong character, the spoiler. It wasn't a character analysis of spoiler that brought you here. No. I don't want any trouble with you, Dana. I realize perfectly well that you can make trouble. But perhaps I should remind you that my clientele happens to be composed of some of the finest people in the city. You mean the best healed. How's Harold Winthrop these days? Harold Winthrop? Oh, yes, yes. He's patronized the club on occasion. Mr. Winthrop, Lieutenant, is a gentleman of the highest social standing. The last time I saw him, he was lying down. Oh? I want a gun, Reddick. Lose your own? The gun I want has two bullets missing. Bullets that wound up in Winthrop's chest. Oh. Yes, yes, I can see why you would want that gun. Uh Uh-huh. Tell me, where were you tonight at 10.30? Reading a good book. How many witnesses? Three, I think. The spoiler, Benny. Who's the third? Claire Thorpe. Oh, she's the little blonde girl, isn't she? I heard tell you used to play together. She's the girl you picked up and booked, Lieutenant. At 10.30. 10.40. Terminal Street is only a few blocks from here. Yeah. I hadn't realized that.
2: Think about it.
1: Three witnesses for her, too. And I'm only one dumb copper. Good night, Reddick.
3: Good night.
1: It was dark in the alley back of the gambling club. I was close to my car and maybe careless. Ah. peeling the layers of black velvet off me. After a while, I got them all off. The place was maybe 20 miles outside the city limits. I had a gun in my hand. Mine. Maybe four feet from me, spoiler was resting. I got up out of the sand and went over to him and decided he wasn't resting. A number of bullets had worn him down. Bullets out of my gun. That wasn't a good frame, it wasn't intended to be. Spoilers, death was insurance, nuisance value, and a consumed time. Wake up,
2: Dave. Oh, hi, Lieutenant. I'm wide awake.
1: Thorpe. What about her? I want to talk to her. She's been sprung, Lou. The angle? Habeas corpus. No murder weapon on the premises, no way she got rid of it. D.A. didn't care for her. Why that stoop... Say, Dave, would you get Malone in a first-aid kit? Yeah? Blood's tickling the back of my neck. Holy mackerel. Who slugged you? Little boy blue. Well, one thing more. Locate Winthrop's lawyer. Find out who inherits, huh? Whatever you say. First thing in the morning. No, no, no. Tonight. Okay. Who was assigned to Claire Thorpe? Nobody's tailor. We didn't think it was... Nobody. None. Look, find her, Pappy, and find her quick. <laughs> I sat around headquarters and waited. Plenty of reports came in. The weather was going to be fine tomorrow. Captain O'Malley had a baby over in the 16th precinct. Mrs. Winthrop was the sole heir to the Winthrop estate. But nothing on Claire Thorpe. The department would turn her up in time, but I got tired of waiting. Maybe she'd gone back to the house on Terminal Street. Claire Thorpe had gone back to the house on Terminal Street for keeps. I phoned the sergeant, and I sat on the flimsy bench in front of the vanity, staring at my bandage in the mirror, stirring the Rochelle powder in the open box on the table. Claire Thorpe had stopped eating. When the fingerprint boys in the meat wagon got there, I got out fast. By the time I got to Reddick's club, the finest people he'd mentioned had gone home. I'm afraid you're a little late. Well, you're not kidding. I mean, the the club's closing. All these mink coats and no roulette? Yes, sir. My badge isn't going to look good compared to the gold braids you've got on your epaulets. I'm a cop. Lieutenant Dane, if you want to be formal. I I didn't notice any other cops around. There aren't any. But if this is a raid... It isn't all I want's Reddick. He's busy. He's going to be busier.
2: Look, Lieutenant, I don't want to get into this. I got a job. It pays off.
1: You don't have to get into it. Where are they? Well, Office. Down the hallway from the main room. But I didn't tell you, see? You didn't tell me. I
2: don't like it, Mr. Reddick. Now, look, Danny, Good evening. Dear, dear. Lieutenant Lou
1: Dana. Glad you remembered me from the last time. Benny, take your hand out of your pocket. Sure, copper. See? Gun. You got a license for it? Never mind. Mr. Reddick will have one on file. Oddly enough, Lieutenant, I Makes it nice and legal. Checking in all the guns in the city, Lieutenant. No, I got a report for you from the Bureau of Vital Statistics. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. The population of the city's dropped within the last couple of hours. By two. Two? The spoiler, but that wouldn't be news to you. You said two? Oh, imagine my forgetting. Claire Thorpe. Claire? Dead? As dead as they ever get, and they get very dead, Reddick. You had her sprung. Yes, but that, that was... That brought her out in the open. The open's a good place to get shot.
2: You don't have to do any further talking to my attorney. Oh, sir.
1: why don't you stop? I haven't got a whereas on me. Harold Winthrop, the spoiler, Claire Thorpe. Let's think about the spoiler, Reddick. He was my boy. How'd you happen to know he was dead? I... Oh, don't bother. Benny told you. How'd Benny know? Benny shot him with my gun, Benny. Wise copper. I wasn't nice. Especially when you had a gun of your own, licensed and all. Spoiler fell down on the job. He let me spot him trailing me. He wasn't a strong character, so he died. You're doing fine. The rest is tougher. Reddick, you never were a big man. Now you are. How come? Merit is always recognized and rewarded. Oh, yeah, and the copy books. You moved up when the heavy money boys started dropping in at your club. Why? They were treated properly. They were robbed blind. But what made them suddenly decide you were a nice boy to play with, huh? Oh, no, wait a minute. Don't bother thinking up the answer. We got it from a stoolie weeks ago. The name is Winthrop, one of the oldest and classiest names in the city. I was proud to be numbered among his friends. In that case, then you're the one to ask. What was a guy like that doing in a house in Terminal Street?
2: Lieutenant, you've seen
1: Clara Thorpe. Oh, yeah, sure. Right after Winthrop was killed. She made a break from the house and ran into me. I took her back inside. But Reddick, before I did, she stumbled over a garbage can. The poor girl must have been nervous. The poor girl was smart. You know what she did, Reddick? She got rid of a hot gun in that garbage can. Then all you had to do was search it. At the time, I couldn't know about the gun. Afterwards, all I came up with was garbage. (laughs) Just like a cop. She stuck her neck out. Why? She was in love with you, that's why. She must have thought she was covering for you. You had the house staked out. Somebody spotted her act, fished the gun out of the can. That was Benny. No, it was this... Correction. Spoiler. Who do I get for him, Reddick? I. Actually, as I told you before, I know nothing about the spoiler's death. It's a blow to me, Dana. A very s- blow. I don't think you realize how much of a blow. They let accessories smell the cyanide gas just as quick as killers. I wasn't before, during, and after the fact, Reddick. No, I Throw was. Who do I get for the spoiler,
2: Dana? I will admit that well, one of my employees may have lost his head. Shut up, Reddick. I, I wouldn't know, of course. A true, Benny did happen to to go out for a while. What what time was the spoiler shot? Roughly. 140 A.M. Uh, that roughly is when Benny went out. Mister Reddick, don't, oh, don't do that. Well, well Benny, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get you the finest lawyer. You you you, you needn't worry about his fee. I'll, I'll take care of that. Well, we must be sensible about this, Benny. I, I can help Time's you. I'm dying. Let's have your gun, Benny. Why don't you come and get it, Copper? All right, I will. You better stop right where you are, Copper.
1: Maybe it ain't supposed to be smart blasting a copper. I want your gun, Benny.
2: All right, another step, just one step more. You get it? I don't mean the rod either. I mean bullets in your belly. Your gun, Benny. What's the matter? What's the matter? What's wrong with you? You think bullets won't hit you? You think you're different from other guys just because you're a cop? Will you stop moving in on me? What's wrong with you? You,
1: you... I'm Lou Dana, Benny. Uh...
2: All, right, all right, all right, all right. Take it.
1: No, no, Benny. Pick it up. Hand it to me. I. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Benny. Reddick, you're coming with us. What, you. All right, Lieutenant, I'll be glad to. Of course, it's only for a little while. i will and... be between you and the district attorney's office. Oh, uh, one thing more. Yeah? The other gun, Reddick. The one that was used on Winthrop. You're sure I've got it? What kind of a question is that? <sighs> yeah. All right, Dana in the drawer here. Right, I'll take it. Be careful. Don't take the handkerchief off that gun. Don't worry. I'll keep it warm. I took him down and the desk sergeant made marks on his brand new blotter. Benny Carolla, alias Benjamin Carter, alias Benjamin Wilde, along with Vincent Reddick, was charged with murder. The murder of a man referred to as the Spoiler. We left the other deaths off the blotter. A man can die only once. And then, I got my shoes shined.
3: Come in, Lieutenant Dana. You'll um, have to overlook my dressing gown. I was just about to go to bed.
1: I'm sorry, Mrs. Winthrop.
3: Lieutenant, what's your first name?
1: Lou, why?
3: I don't know. I just wanted... I... Don't know
1: why. Ah, That's not
3: important. Let's not discuss things being important. Or are you being unkind and trying to remind me that I thought Mozart's 39th was indeed? Mozart's dead. Yes, and so is my husband. But won't you call me Kate anyway? All right. Never mind, I know. You're here on business. All right, Lieutenant. You found out that I inherit Harold's estate, haven't you? Yes. That's why you're here, isn't it?
1: I know that's for me. Yes, Pappy. Uh Uh-huh. You're fine. All right, go back to sleep.
3: What was that, Lieutenant?
1: Further check to find out just what it was you inherited.
3: And you found out?
1: Harold Winthrop had nothing to his name but the silk socks he died in. That's true. He wasn't killed because of anything anybody would inherit
3: from him. Thank you. And now I suppose I don't interest you anymore. In the line of duty. So, you'll be going away.
1: I'd like to tell you something first. All right. When your husband got shot, a girl named Claire Thorpe gave the gun that did the killing to Reddick. She was in love with him. She thought she thought that he'd killed her husband. I got that gun from Reddick. It was carefully wrapped in a handkerchief.
3: Does that mean something?
1: It means Reddick didn't shoot your husband. He would have been careful about preserving the prints on that gun if he had.
3: You've got more to tell me.
1: Yeah way it set up, your husband and Claire Thorpe were keeping house on Terminal Street. Your husband was steering all his rich friends to the Avon Club for a split of the take.
3: I can't believe that of Harold. Oh, it, it's true, I suppose, but I... It isn't true. It isn't? But
1: then... Somebody uh, was keeping house on Terminal Street, sure. But it wasn't Claire Thorpe because she had the whitest skin on a woman I've ever seen.
3: I'm not especially interested in Miss Thorpe's attractions.
1: On the vanity table in that house, there was a box of face powder... Rochelle, Bonds with very white skin don't use Rochelle. Brunettes do. A brunette was keeping house with someone on Terminal Street. You're a brunette, Mrs. Winthrop. You were keeping house on Terminal Street with Reddick. No. Your husband found you there, didn't he? And all he found was death.
3: I, um... I don't think I'm going to say anything.
1: Don't. Wouldn't do any good. We've got a date with the desk sergeant, Mrs. Winthrop.
3: All right. But, uh... You wouldn't want to take a girl to headquarters in her nightclothes, would you?
1: No, I wouldn't.
3: Then you won't mind if I get dressed? In my bedroom? No! (laughs) You shouldn't have ripped my dressing gown off.
1: I had to make sure you were wearing street clothes underneath. You are. Claire Thorpe was killed only a little while ago. That finishes it.
3: All right. But... I wish you'd... Take your hat off indoors, Lieutenant Dana.
1: I'm sorry. Let's go. Kate. Catherine Winthrop was booked at the 14th Precinct for the murder of her husband, Harold Winthrop, and for the murder of Claire Thorpe. Her prints on the murder gun clinched it. We gave her a file card and... The number and, and the eyes, the warm lips, the hair a man would give his soul to get his hands on. Didn't mean a thing. I don't like killers. <laughs>
2: just heard The Man from Homicide, starring Charles McGraw. Mr. McGraw appears by arrangement with RKO Radio Pictures, Incorporated, and will soon be seen starring in The Target. The script was written by Louis Bittes, and was produced and directed by Helen Mack. Music was composed and conducted by Robert Armbruster. In tonight's cast, Reddick was played by James Backus, Kate Winthrop, Joan Banks, Benny, Larry Dobkin. Claire Thorpe,
3: Maggie Morley.
2: Spoiler, Lamont Johnson. The Sergeant, Tom Tully. The Doorman, Arthur Q. Bryan. And Lieutenant Lou Dana,
1: Charles McGraw.
0: Welcome back. Well, a truly hard-boiled portrayal here. And as portrayed, Dana definitely has uh, ice water in his vein. Though kind of a tender side. It kind of feels like a uh, somewhat harder version of Broadway is my beat. An interesting portrayal and also a very solid cast. One notable name was Jim Bacchus. He was known to most people who uh, remember him as Mr. Howell on Gilligan's Island. But he also had had a rich history in radio, uh, creating all of these uh, amazing characters. I've mostly heard him in uh, comedies, but uh, he, uh, he definitely did well in a dramatic role. I also uh, found in that he starred in a few episodes of Casey, a crime photographer, but those episodes are actually lost. Well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for the adventures of Philip Marlowe, and next week we'll get into the episodes of Man from Homicide that were actually broadcast. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at radiodetectives, And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.